Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm your host, Ben Isger, leader of PwC's Health Research Institute. And joining me today is my co-host, Trina Tzderos, who leads HRI's Regulatory Center. Hi, Trina. Hey, Ben. Great to be here. Well, thanks for joining me. And Trina, we have a very special guest today, PwC partner, Will Nolan. He's going to be talking to us about how health systems should think about quality in the emerging health ecosystem. Welcome to the podcast, Will. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Well, let's start with quality. I mean, for the most part, it seems like in my life, I have a common understanding of what quality means if I'm going to a restaurant or I'm buying a television or something like that. But uh, it seems to get a little bit more complicated when we're talking about healthcare quality. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow, big topic. There are a lot of reasons. Let me hit on a couple. First is they're different stakeholders or participants in the market, and they each have their own interests. And so naturally, they talk about quality in slightly different ways, which, frankly, it's confusing, right? You, you run into some real definitional issues. I think everyone would agree that the academic notion of outcomes or patient-reported outcomes, that is a core part of quality. But if you talk to payers about quality, they'll say things like, well, you know, process adherence or clinical appropriateness. If you talk to providers, they'll say things like, yeah, well, we have great doctors or, you know, we're highly ranked. And, and when you talk to employers, even if you say, let's just talk about quality, invariably it kind of bleeds into things like access and experience. And of course, if you talk to consumers, you'll get all sorts of answers. So the first reason is there are a lot of different stakeholders that talk about it in different ways. I think the other one, and, and this is, I think, the more interesting reason, is that there's a real mismatch between the limited amount of quality data that consumers actually see and the information that consumers would want to look at when making decisions, whether that's during open enrollment or when they're picking a provider or working with a provider to figure out, you know, what's the right care plan or set of options for me? Because frankly, a lot of consumers just don't really care about the traditional data that falls under the broad umbrella of quality. Well, it sounds like we've got kind of a, a real mess right now when you think about mm. quality and health systems and that you've got all these different stakeholders. They all have their own definitions of what quality means. They all have different things they care about. And the data isn't necessarily available to support or, or help them make decisions based on what they know or what they care about. So does that mean that quality programs are sort of table stakes for provider systems now? And it's not really something that really differentiates one healthcare organization from another. Is that true? Or how would you characterize all of that? Yeah, so that's a great question. I'll say not necessarily, but let me just make a couple acknowledgments before I get myself into trouble. So first, there are plenty of providers who make money today because they enjoy higher perception of quality, however you want to define it, right? And that translates into rates and share. Now, how much of that quality perception is driven by actual performance, differentiated performance against traditional quality metrics versus all sorts of other factors, whether it's the experience of the physicians, the patient experience, the acuity of care. That's a lot harder to tease out because everything in healthcare is multifactorial. So I don't want to say that no one makes money in quality today. They, They absolutely do. The second is that 
cost, as we all know, is the biggest deal in healthcare. And very few, if any, purchasers, so payers and employers, are going to even talk to you about an innovative, quality-based reimbursement arrangement if you don't also have a solution for their cost issues. So with those two caveats or acknowledgements out of the way, I do actually believe there is untapped demand from consumers and employers for certain types of quality-focused offerings. It's not the traditional offering, but if you can go and be innovative and start with what individual, underscore individual consumers and employers actually care about with respect to quality, that could have legs. And that's a much different approach than going in and telling them what they should care about with respect to quality. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I wonder if you can give us an example of what you mean. What would be a good analogy? Yeah, sure. So those of us who fly know this all too well, right? So if you buy an airline ticket and your flight gets delayed, sometimes an airline will give you a voucher or money or a drink coupon or, or something, right? And it's some form of compensation, even if the delay isn't their fault, right? It's a storm and they can't control the weather. And obviously everyone wants to get to their destination on time. You don't fly to get vouchers. But it's a nice gesture. And it says, look, we're trying to make it not as bad. That doesn't happen, as we know, in healthcare today. Sure, there are bundled episodes of care, some of which have some guarantee-like aspects to them. But the beneficiary of those guarantees are the employer. But what about the patient? Like, w w what happens to the patient today if they get a hospital-acquired infection or a surgical site infection? Where's their voucher? And that would be taking kind of a much more consumer-centric, we'll make it right, we're committed to quality, and if it doesn't meet our standards, we'll do whatever we can to make it right, taking that mindset to healthcare. I understand that there are some challenges with this particular example, both practical and, and even regulatory, but has anyone actually tried to overcome them? I mean, I've had lots of conversations with employers and consumers, and that's the kind of thing that guarantee would be a powerful signal of a commitment to quality. And that, look, that's just one example that may be a bit of an out there example. There are others. The point is that in nearly every other market besides healthcare, buyers more so than the sellers dictate what defines quality, right? It's the notion of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so instead of continuing to push the same old, same old quality metrics, we should go to employers and consumers and listen more carefully and design quality forward offerings that are tailored to what they really want. Will, are you literally talking about money back guarantees or are we talking about something kind of shorter than that, but along those lines? What do you think about that? So just to clarify, when we talk about guarantees offered by providers, I mean, most of it today is in the form of taking on risk and has to do with cost of care management. The example I mentioned has to do with quality. And if you have a bad outcome, sepsis is an outcome, an infection is an outcome, you would get some sort of compensation, maybe a waiving of your copay. That's the concept. And more importantly, it signals to consumers that you're serious about avoiding complications. That particular example is a tough nut to crack, so we'll see. But there are other opportunities, other untapped propositions, for example, quality-centric propositions like faster or better functional recovery. 
that would be valuable, innovative, and perhaps easier to implement. Well, I just wanted to jump in and do maybe a little bit of a pivot here. One of the things that we've been talking about on this podcast over the last few weeks is what the new health ecosystem looks like. And we've talked about these archetypes in the future, or really some of them are starting now, of orchestrators, integrators, and platforms, and how those will kind of knit and tie together all the various aspects of the health system, including the traditional ones we're used to, payers, providers, and pharma, and others, but ties them all together in a much different way that's more consumer-centric. So with that in mind, that new health ecosystem in mind, how does quality fit in there? And what do you think it will look like when it's playing out in an ecosystem? Quality, especially quality as defined by consumers and employers, is central to the orchestrator role. If the whole point of having an orchestrator is to help the purchaser or consumer optimize their use of resources, healthcare resources, to achieve their goals, their preferences in exchange for costs, right? If that's the whole point of an orchestrator's role and that orchestrator isn't really plugged in to what consumers really care about when it comes to quality, again, from their standpoint, then they're not really optimizing. They can't really help them optimize. I also think you mentioned integrators. I think it's important for them, especially those who maybe don't enjoy the same level of high quality perception, brand attribution that maybe some of their competitors enjoy. And if they decide that, hey, trying to beat our competitors at their game, maybe that's not a a path that's likely to be successful. Maybe we can really focus in on aspects of quality that the consumers and employers in our market really, really care about and win there through focus. The final thing I'll say is this is good timing. With the emergence of ecosystem-based competition, yes, we're going to continue to see significant pressure to drive down costs. But we've been working over the past few years on access. You go back to the affordable care. That was largely about expanding access. Digital front doors, that's about access. We had COVID and we saw an explosion in access via virtual. So what's next, right? What are newer ways to compete as an ecosystem? And I would suggest that consumer-centric innovation around quality is ripe for pursuit. So we'll kind of think about 10 years down the line 2030, 2031, are we going to have the same kind of mishmash of quality measures and sort of the system that we have today? Or do we think that it'll be more rationalized, more modernized? What do you think? What will we see in 10 years or so? So there may be a convergence of official definitions, but I think there will be many more definitions of quality, but a lot less individual confusion. So as the orchestrators, like we talked about, get better at orchestrating and employers and consumers and their care teams start getting access to information they actually value and they start making decisions based on that information and their individual preferences, I think that is what will ultimately drive the market. And whether or not those preferences and the information that they decide is useful or not useful fits into somebody else's definition of quality, hard to say. But what really matters is what do individual users and purchasers of 
healthcare ultimately care about. Does that make sense? Yeah. And let me actually, I want to break in here, Will, with our final question. So this season, we've been asking all of our guests the same closing question. And it's really about fast forwarding to the future. And the question is, what process, technology, or innovation that we know about today will have the greatest impact on the health system of tomorrow? Hmm. Now, whether or not this is the greatest, we can debate. But I believe that capitation of independent medical groups is a big one. I don't know if we call that a process, a technology, or innovation, but it's certainly an innovation. And the reason I think that's huge is because they have both the incentive and the ability to dramatically drive down utilization of acute assets, which is where most of the costs are. Thanks. I think the discussion about quality is amazing in healthcare, where I would think most of us would wish to have the best quality possible always with so much at stake. It matters so much more than having a good TV or a smartphone. But thank you so much for coming on and and talking to us about it. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm happy to join. Enjoyed the discussion. Thank you. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, such as quality, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.